podcast. In this episode today, I have a good friend, customer. She is a Thai bodywork practitioner, Reiki master, shaman. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Sylvia. I am so happy to join you today. So happy to have you. Oh, thank Such you so much. awesome this energy. Exciting. <laughs> yes, very exciting. So tell me a little bit, who are you? How did you get into your energy work? My energy work started soon after college. I have worked um, for municipalities actually. As soon as I was in college, I started working full time as and going to school full time into government. And I think there were some challenges in my life during that period of time. You know, once I graduated, I decided to continue the path and um, start into yoga practice. So I actually started with a yoga practice, and I have been a yoga uh, practitioner. For over 15 years of my life. Eventually in 2013 I became a yoga instructor. Before that I was um, introduced in my traditional yoga studio into Reiki. One of the master Reiki practitioners in the state decided to hold a Reiki one class and I did and I was completely amazed how she attuned her students into the symbols of the Isui system of Reiki and and i had this revelation and all these visions and, and things happening to me when i got attuned that i continued until i became a master and although you know i i use my reiki work more as a volunteer kind of situation yeah. I, I don't necessarily charge for it i mean i can and sometimes right. i do if i'm working under someone i will charge for reiki nice. but if someone comes to me I will typically use my healing work because that was the initial intention was always to use my healing work for the better good and to help whoever needed it. And a lot of people are not exposed to what healing energy is. I mean, now in New England, especially a lot of people are exposed. I have held um, many wellness uh, care days and, you know, became actually popular with the pioneers. And I'm going to be a little bit uh, facetious in saying that I was one of the pioneers in nice. introducing the wellness care days. The group of others that are very powerful healers in the state of rhode island and many others in new england overall so we would hold these weekends where people that did not know what shamanism was or um, the gyra system which is like where you clear out somebody's energy field right. with a feather like a peacock feather mm -hmm. but chanting like doing chants all those people were introduced let's say at the heart of peacedale with sean acido where he held um, wellness fair days and he would gather an astrologer, a massage therapist. And um, at first I was the Reiki healer because I didn't have other skills other than the energy work, but they found my energy work to be very peaceful and, and, and flowing. And those are the comments they gave me, you know, when I was just a, a newbie right. <laughs> into right. all of this. But I, are good comments, right? I mean, it's I good feedback. It. Yes. But I think, you know, I, I became that, that, Good in what I did because when I was in my yoga classes I entered deep meditation mm -hmm. you know I did start with like uh, vinyasana yoga for like a few weeks and then I went into a traditional yoga studio where the focus was mind soul and body mm -hmm. not just the physical it's a total integration of all so I, I loved being in meditation most of the time that enhanced my healing practice and yeah. it allowed me also to see myself more more in depth go within and look at myself and that allowed me to heal people or help heal people that came with certain problems and you know what i find most interesting i'm not sure if this has happened to you with clients 
people come to you and they might have a problem that you have already faced. Yes, right? I agree. I would say everything I went through in life, definitely at that time might not make sense when I went through it, but later on it came handy for my customers. Absolutely. I can relate to, I can give them better tools and ideas because I actually already went through that situation uh, once or twice before. I agree. And I think the only way we can help at that moment is to actually, it's almost kind of like having that experience already, because how can we really truly see the person if we don't even know uh, what they're going through at that moment? And we might not see everything exactly like how they did, but we still can relate to and have a better sense of what they need at that moment. So I 100% agree with you. Just to continue briefly on that point, and I'm not going to go in order by like allocates of all those things that I have studied and um, accumulated through the years, but just to be on that same point, my Thai body work practice, as I was studying, for instance, I would go, I studied in, in Chicago, Illinois, oh, under wow. uh, Chuck Duff. He was a former Sikh martial artist and uh, computer technician. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, he did a uh, computer information systems. So imagine, like he, he was also a jack of all trades. Right, right. So this person spent ten years in Thailand studying from each master. But he comes from a family of doctors. So he scientific mind, but he has also... a scientific mind. Right. So he integrated the traditional practice of Thai body work, meaning the northern southern styles of Thailand, the Thai, the traditional Thai body work which a lot of people call it Thai Baj, you know? Right, right, right. Um, So can I interrupt you here? So what's the difference between Thai massage and Thai body work? I, like I said, my instructor is chopped up and he is stationed in Illinois. So the difference is that Thai massage, you have a very rhythmic system that flows, but your massage therapist might not know anatomically what is wrong with you they're following their just solely their intuition Intuition. which is something i can do perfectly is follow my intuition and see what's wrong but i also want to make sure that if my client has a problem i want to make sure that this person can tell me and give me feedback on referral pain Mm -hmm. so that i can find the trigger points in their body and i can work on those trigger points okay so it's a very um sophisticated system especially the way he developed it because he uses clinical anatomy of our Western philosophy into this beautiful practice of Thai body work, you know, and it's very involved. I like that. Do you, if you do Thai body work, do you use your Reiki and combine it? <laughs> so you know how I mentioned earlier that a lot of people, many people are not aware of Reiki or what it is. I mean, we are right. being expanded mind now. A lot right. of individuals in New England have been very exposed to it. But there are clients that come in and And they have never experienced it. So out of respect, you try not to, but you know as a healer that the energy just flows through you. So they say, well, you you know, your hands feel very warm, especially during the end of the session when the energy is actually flowing harmoniously within their body and their mind is actually welcoming because it's more relaxed to the energy. So I eventually do explain it to them and I say, well, yeah, that is actually my Reiki healing that's going right through because you might need it, you know, and I don't do this purposely, it just flows through it. Yes. So it does flow through events sometimes and sometimes some people don't need it, so it doesn't. Do you have a practice or do you work for somebody else or do you do just kind of, I'm sure you have a day job, right? Or is this your full-time job? No, I do work for the government uh, during the day. I did mention that I didn't get into it too much. Working for the government is 
good because it's challenging like right. challenging not because my intellect is being challenged in in some way saying you know like sometimes emotions because it's a political environment where yep. there's strategy and politics are involved and many people with specific interests so even though and you know as a worker you do your best and you do what you have to do for the betterment of you know the the, the company the community the, the municipality you're working for so i do and with all my heart i do work fully to enhance the skills and abilities when i'm doing my my side business it's really like a total balance from yang to yin yeah. energy it's almost probably your creative part that gets activated when you come home from a long day of the, the worldly job the worldly one mundane <laughs> i call it the mundane, mundane one <laughs> but gives you stability and security and in, yes. like a little bit like of um to kind of like all right i'm not just bored and and then you come home and you might have clients after and you have to activate the creative part so i can see it's a very nice balance kind of energy so let me go back in time a little bit if right you, if you sure. don't mind absolutely i'm not going to speak of which department i work yeah. and which municipality i work for but i will say that for 11 years I worked for a specific department and I started off there right after, like soon after college, not right after. Mm -hmm. And you know, the politics had not yet reached that department because it, you know, it has a paramilitary setting and yeah. now that I might be giving myself away, but not completely, yeah, right. <laughs> it has a paramilitary setting and uh, politics had not reached that place completely. So when I was hired. I was hired solely on qualifications and you're probably wondering, wow, who wouldn't be hired solely on qualifications? When you work in a political environment, there are many varied factors. For instance, you have administrative staff and you have union involvement. Um, you also have like, you know, officials, people that are, you know, elected right, by the right. public. So there are many factors in the hiring process and I'm not going to go into that because I don't work for HR, but I um, will say that I was so happy when the person that hired me in that period of time said, you know, he was pressured, you know, I, I don't know if I should say that, but he, he was pressured to hire some specific people for their political backing. And that person was already in the department and everything. And I actually thought that I was not going to get the job, you know, that I thought that I did qualify for, but it, there were other things involved. Right. He hired me, and when he hired me, it was the most surprising situation, and I was like, "Wow, thank you so much, <laughs> sir. I did not think that you would you were gonna hire me." Right, right. right. Um, and then eventually, you know, he retired, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and I had to face many different administrators right. after that within that department. And that's when my yoga practice kicked in because every night I would go into a yoga class just to relieve the stress. I had so much. That makes <laughs> so much sense. I, I wanted to ask you, how do you balance your energies? Because you have to be really good with going in on a worldly view, kind of, yes. but still, because you are a spiritual being, obviously, yes. you do a lot of um, self-study and you're really good with energy. I mean, we had many conversations in my sessions. It's similar in energy, how we go through life, but how do you hold that energy without compromising you? I've um, had mentors along the way right. and I have been fortunate, whether the mentors have been, most of my mentors have been in the spiritual practices that I've holding all these years. But I have also had in the mundane world, these wonderful people that are extremely intelligent and mm -hmm. well-versed. And there was one person that said to me once, 
Never compromise the person and place that you work for and never compromise yourself. I love that. You have to find a perfect balance. And that was when I was a newbie into the, completely new into the corporate world. Right. That was the best advice that person gave me. Absolutely. And to this day, I hold it. And I'm hoping that whoever's listening, that same verse to them. Right. Because it really has helped me. I have not compromised myself. I have been very honest in everything I have done always. Mm-hmm. And if I had to compromise myself, I would step back because I will never. Yes. And I, I will say that word because I usually never say never, but yeah, I will but never. Because I, I mean, in a similar, in a similar, I have a pact in myself, I have similar values. I would say the same. If it comes to compromising me, I'm out. Yeah. And I do feel like we know how energy works. So if you start not being true to yourself, that's going to affect other areas in your life at some point because you're not being you at that point again you have to step back there a little bit and say if you don't know who you are then how can you know what it does to you if you're not honest or you don't if you just play the game as we say so i feel like we have similar values and that's probably why it works very well between us yeah (laughs) there's no there's no like all right no (laughs) no games (laughs) i also feel like we could sense if there will be any games played or anything dishonest because we we are so sensitive to energy i think we both in different ways and how we pick it up and how we're gonna go and transform it but i feel like you're very like a super sensitive being i'm very sensitive super um, since i was seven years old i was sense energies and i didn't know nobody right. told me what it was i was afraid and i'm just like what is it <laughs> so did you have a support system at that point or you feel like it was very like lonesome and isolating when that happened i never felt lonesome and isolated i my family is big is i have a huge family right and um maybe the listeners they don't know but i am from the dominican republic nice. i was born there and raised in the united states nice. um my origin though is spaniard you know so i'm a migrant yes in yes. every which way yes um, like me <laughs> yeah you know but my family, they, I would say that they have gypsy background because yeah. they are very sensitive. They have like prophetic dreams. Nice. There are some members of my family that do, but they were afraid of it. Like the elders, yeah. they were so afraid of it that especially when Christianity hit mm-hmm. in my family, especially we're Catholic, they were like, no, we're not supposed to even delve into this right. because the shame and guilt yeah. attached to the religion in itself. But with your own special gifts. Right. And I think I'm one of the members of my family, my extended family, that broke through that. Because although I am Roman Catholic and so many things that they say that you should not do, I have to break through it because my curiosity did not right. let me sit still. Again, you had to stay true to yourself, Correct. right? Being authentic and not necessarily do what the masses want mm-hmm. from you, but really go back and say, is it really going to bring me to hell if I'm going to go and tap into you know, yoga. Is, and this will be probably a subject for another time. But right. like my some family members of mine were brought to hell because they did not honor themselves. Right. In some ways. I'm not saying the actual physical hell. Yes. You know, here on this earth plane, they they were in pain. Their body was in pain. pain. One one person in my family actually was extremely gifted, extremely psychic. She would see, you know, the paranormal mm-hmm. with her own two eyes. Right. You know, uh, mostly everyone here knows about the third eye right, that they're right. listening. I'm not talking about the third eye because when we close our eyes and you're highly uh, intuitive, you can see things with your third eye, with your eyes closed. But with your own two physical eyes, it's very hard to see things. See. My aunt actually did have that ability. Nice. And she was so terrified 
Oh yeah, so especially if she has no idea how to deal with why she gets the information and how it works. I can see that. Like I know for myself, I always say to my husband, I would have a heck of a time going into the mundane world as you describe it, because I'm so sensitive and I'm so like, I see through so much. I would not be able to just say, well, this is just happening. I'm looking the other way. And I think I would really have a hard time balancing that. So I'm super grateful that what I'm doing is my main income, my main job, and I don't have to split me between two worlds too much. I still have to, obviously, because I have to go out and about and do what I have to do, but not necessarily as being employed by someone. So I admire you because I know for myself, I would not be very strong in being able to balance that. I, I really admire that. I'd like to add to it. Can I? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a reason, and we're going to go back continuously probably throughout this um, podcast. Uh, on that specific department I work for because that's how I observed my the balance between the mundane and the spiritual because as I was continuing to open up with my Reiki mastery shamanism which you know I was given the rights to to become a shaman and we can talk about it another time mm -hmm. and my yoga practice I became a teacher like a traditional following a living master of yoga mm -hmm. you know the energy is very expansive when you do things like that, when you're practicing so much and you're constantly doing this. Yes, you do become very sensitive, mm -hmm. you know, so now your vibration becomes higher, higher. and higher and higher. Yeah. And then some people actually stay stuck or they're stuck in their own place or right. whatever. Well, maybe they're not stuck. They're just being themselves. Selves, right. And maybe, not time yet. and maybe unaware, right? Right. But as a healer, I, I feel their pain. Right. So I'm walking through, you know, this department and I started feeling a lot of pain, a lot of anger, a lot of fear. I work for a paramilitary setting, so there was a lot of that involved. Absolutely, in yes. I actually didn't know myself enough spiritually mm -hmm. to know that I was feeling their pain. Right. I thought all of it was mine. That was a, that was a lot. But then uh, my living master of yoga, who came to here in the West in the 1960s, his yeah. name is Amrit Yogi Desai. Yeah. He's the founder of Kripalu Yoga. He had us, when we did a teacher training, typically the teacher trainings are for level one. You go to the ashram and you contain the energy within the ashram. And what I mean by containing the energy is that there's like a sacred space throughout the entire training. So you're not exposed to other people's lower vibration. You're at the same level as the, as the students that are taking the training. And obviously the teachers are there to help and support you. We had a different experiment. Here in Rhode Island, the first yoga training happened at San Trisha Yoga Studio yeah, in 2013. Yeah. And we were able to go to our job and come back to training. Interesting. And I love that actually because mm -hmm. it's a realistic setting, right? right? Because I was able to experience the pain and the hurt and everything else outside of the yoga mat, yeah. outside of that sacred space right. within you know, that, that teacher training. Right. And then go back in there and yeah. journal and observe myself. Right. And that's how I started learning that you how know, to balance, how you balance it and right. how you contain the energy. Right. You know, I know like when I taught yoga right now, I'm not teaching any yoga, but I'm a yoga teacher too. Pranavinyas flow. When I teach, I tell my students, make sure whatever we do on the mat and however it feels on the mat, you can actually bring up into the world too. Don't just practice and be a good person on the mat. Bring whatever we, whatever I'm giving you today during the session and try applying that into 
everyday life, like that himsha, non-harming. Yeah, they, they were telling us to observe our sensations, our emotions and our thoughts. Though we're not supposed to attach to the emotions and the thoughts. We're not that. We're not our emotions. We're not our thoughts. We're, we're not, not even our energy. We're not attachment. Right. Correct. Um, Non-attachment means if you have attachment, that means you're suffering. Yeah. Anytime you have any kind of attachments to anything or anyone or yourself, that's suffering, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh because what I, I'm thinking when I worked for that department, I thought the torture was never going to be over. Right? <laughs> there, there were so many things that I thought that they were so big, but now looking back, I'm it just thinking it was just an initiation right? for me. Like it was just prepared a, you for future. Yes opportunity yeah got you kind of like fine-tuned <laughs> so you can't step into that next adventure <laughs> if, if you had to go and work for corporate america mm -hmm. you would be able to do it you would it's, i think so it's, it's a balance i don't think so. i would enjoy it that's why i'm not doing it True. exactly <laughs> like i think i realized pretty quick like i don't do well when i get told what to do so i know for me, it's easier to do my own business and my own boss. I don't like hiring people because again, I would say I realized I have some control issues comes to who I am in business. I have a certain way of how things should be done and I have a certain vision and it has to be somebody that's really in tune with me to deliver that in order for me to work with them. And I had many people coming in and out of my business trying to help or I hired them for various areas. And they did all an amazing job. It was almost kind of too big of a gap between the spiritual and the worldly world. So like the, the public might not know the big difference between corporate America and actually having your business in a spiritual practice. Right. But I like to mention something on this that there is a huge difference for instance you have a hierarchy system with with uh, corporate america you know where like things are rewarded based on performance and etc mm -hmm. etc et you know so you're in a box you are you are in a box i don't like to be in the box <laughs> no like and every spiritualist that i've known we do not like to be in a box, box. yeah so yeah so the authority figures you know telling you what to do when you have a, an open mind and your mind is very open it's a challenge it is a challenge can i make a suggestion and if the person doesn't want to accept right. it then you're just like right. you have to silence yourself there goes your door chakra i know <laughs> and there is definitely compromising me at that point and i knew that and i worked for cbs corporate cbs when i got here well now i was a nanny and then i worked for a little while for cbs and then i decided this is not where i want to be at all not me and just the corporate setting in itself so i couldn't stand behind what i was doing at that moment and in order for me to stay true to myself i had to make some decisions and yeah i quit i was eight months pregnant with my firstborn i had no, we had no money we just bought the house and i decided to like i'm not going to do that i'm not going to check without me and i quit and it was a couple tough years because again i could rent with security and doing what I needed to do in order to kind of keeping everything nice and neat and flowing at home. Or but you survived. I survived and now... Um, oh, miracle. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I love like how everything turned out. I wouldn't change anything, even the hard times, even the, the worries about can we make it next month. It was good. It was... Well, those challenges truly make you stronger. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and. It just shows like, you know, I always say go back into faith and trust when that happens, the fear comes up. And it shows like, if you really truly step into that energy, you're always going to be taken care of. You might not know how it's going to happen. And that's the key to let go and not control the situation. 
but it happens it's going to be there you just have to surrender to it and truly trust in a in a higher source at that point whatever that might be for you at that moment i admire you for being in both worlds and combining them but also i feel like you probably give quite a bit into the mundane world because if you show up as you who you are as a spiritual being i do and you show up unapologetically you but you have to kind of work with the mundane world as we say i love that word mundane <laughs> uh, the worldly world as i say you have I'm to sure. come from a point of compassion right you know and i'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that i'm always compassionate there yeah. are times that i've gotten very upset but I try not to be destructive with my anger. Right, right. You know, and always keeping in point that if, if someone has angered me, uh, to step outside, like step myself. Away. Like I need to step away from the situation and observe myself because there's a reason why I got it triggered. triggered something. Yes. yes. I totally agree. I do this on a daily basis. Well, I don't get angry on a daily basis, but when I have a conflict with someone, that's what I do. I step away. And for some people, it looks like I'm not interested, but that's not the case. I just don't want to feel more at that moment. And I want to make sure I see every viewpoint, not just my viewpoint. Like the ego needs to be completely left out. I don't want to be right. I just want to make sure it's balanced at that moment. And again, that has to do with self-awareness. All of us, we see as yogi, uh, spadhyaya, self-study, right? So looking at ourselves and working on ourselves is the most complicated thing ever, but also the most rewarding if you're doing that on a daily basis. Or it is. No. Because you have to really look at your shadows too. You can't just go and like, oh, I'm going to just look at the good stuff that's coming up. No, you have that's to go back. That's not realistic. And, no, it's not. And we're human. We, that's why we're here. We're here because we have both. We even, have, even if you, sorry, even if you ignore it, it'll come back, back. in your face. Like. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're going to go like, what? Why? I think I already know it. No, you don't. That's why it's coming back. I truly feel a lot of people, they don't want to face that because it's scary. It's uncomfortable and they don't want to feel uncomfortable. And that's why they kind of like try to skip a couple steps and think that's where it's gonna be easier for them. Overall, like, just face it, just go through it. Be a little bit yucky for a little while and find that shadow and work with it. Well, that's the difference between pain and suffering. Right. So like, if you're not facing the pain, you will suffer. Absolutely, and suffering can come in many forms. It does not have to be like physical pain. Yes. It could be many different forms. So I, I totally agree with you. Yes, we were on time body work. Tell me a little bit more about Thai body work. I think it's so fascinating, but I really honestly, I think I won and I think it was Thai body work from Santosha. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yes. then, then that, that's the same, yes, Heather. So that is the same tradition she follows um, from Chicago. And I enjoyed it a lot. For me, it was definitely a different experience because I was used to having the traditional massage, but I loved it. And I think I came home after that and I signed up my husband, I gave him a gift certificate so he can experience that too. I love it. Tell me more. Okay, so there are people that practice the Asian Thai massage, right. traditional, and um, there are some places here in Rhode Island that do that. So uh, I gotta tell you what they do in, in right. comparison to what I do. So you have a shiatsuma, I have a shiatsuma too, on the floor, so it looks like, you know, I'm very thick, kind of bedding, but it's not. Uh, it's a mat, and right. um, made out of cotton. 
is on the floor and your client lays down maybe in supine position in the Turian pose, which is the Code of Da Vinci pose, right. to begin. And the practitioner usually brings from the feet and moves up all the way to the head. The head is usually the last thing that we work on. But as we're working on it, we do a warm-up. Like I would, I would do a warm-up and I would move into side positions or prone, depending on the situation. If they just want a simple therapeutic session then i that's how it would go it would be like very th therapeutic there's like compression involved that will work on their energy lines and any trigger points if they don't have any issues at all like that's how it, it would be very simple very meditative simple in that sense like you right. said it was very relaxing like and super loved relaxing. It, you know that was most likely very therapeutic but if I go into the clinical aspect of Thai body work, in which I, the one that I study, CTB, then that is more involved. And yes, going back to pain and suffering, right. we would have to go into the, the pain aspect of, mm -hmm. of where's that trigger point and the referral pain. And I would have to go into it. It's very Although complex. I do, it's complex. And I do not like my clients to experience pain. Some people might not, they are fearful and they think that they're, they're gonna experience pain and others, feel that if they don't experience the pain, things are not going to get fixed. Now, the way I work, my instructor will go into it and he will be like, okay, you have pain in this area, let's say above the knee. He'll work on that trigger point above the knee and it will be painful. But as soon as he's done with that session, everything's gone because he just worked on your meridian points right, right. and the trigger points and he unleashed it. He released all the top fibers and the pain um, source through the energy lines. So it is very involved and I can only explain it in words so much. It's something that has to be experienced. For me, on the other hand, I'm completely opposite from him. I would be almost like babying my client a slightly bit. Mm -hmm. I will work on it. I know where the pain is already and I would easily go in and slowly move in and allow them to breathe. So I do use my yoga practice in that. I allow them to breathe in and breathe out. Work bring oxygen where the pain is so that mm -hmm. they don't experience as much and they don't there has been times people that have not been in my mat they are like well i didn't experience enough pain um <laughs> did i is this even fixed there's and, almost uh like a disappointment when you don't feel <clears throat> any pain come on people <laughs> and <laughs> like, i said exactly initially it's like i didn't i personally don't like to have my clients experience pain right. no Especially think, as an empath, you don't yeah. want to, no. If it's not necessary, there are some certain, you know, muscular problems that people do have that have, they have to go into it. But I will tell them, you know, there's going to be a slight tenderness in this area. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just work on it. Mm -hmm. And if you are not able to handle it, just let me know. And we're not going to go past your limitations. You know, there's a level of respect with this practice. Absolutely. You have to go and feel out, like, see me my sessions when I give out. The auras for me that's simply so i know what i can give them and how much i can give them too i have to talk to a yellow person different than with the blue person a blue person is so far out all the time if i give them anything in the future more anxieties <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i want to make sure they stay calm collected still honest in what i give them but there's a certain way of how to do it so you're adjusting you want to see them truly see them and adjusting to what they are able to handle at that moment. And I think that's where a good practitioner comes in on an intuitive level or in body work. You have to see your client if you don't mm -hmm. see it and not necessarily seeing it like, okay, you look very pretty, seeing it on an energetic level in order to kind of make sure they get fully what they are looking for at that moment. And they might not even know what they're looking for, 
but because we are so intuitive, we know what they're looking for. I do, yes, I absolutely do. I worked for body mates for a few years, yep. which I love. I love them. I really, you know, I'm not trying to promote them, but <laughs> I they're great. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually stopped working for them in at the beginning of the year, right before the pandemic. So I don't know yep. if it was my intuition kicking in, but um, the purpose behind that was because I wanted to just focus on my private clients for a while. And I, I had that practice with them so that I can bring in more, more new clients and they can expose yep. themselves to Thai body work, the clinic was. So the owner of Body Me, she actually brings in veterans. Oh. And she brings in people that really have some serious clinical conditions. So I, uh, I was able to, to see some people, not the veterans, but I was able to see people with those conditions. And that's where I actually like my practice to focus on mainly. Because I do, I like to help people that have so so many complexities. I, I'm able to help them. That's super interesting. I feel like it cleared up my questions about Thai body work, but also the yoga aspect and how you integrate in the Reiki. So you mentioned you are a shaman too. I know you're very particular about it. So please explain. <laughs> I hope the audience don't think that I am uh, I'm fussy. I have very disciplined and moralistic views in so many ways. So it has been, and I mentioned earlier that I have held these wellness fairs from the beginning of my practice in like right. 2008 I started. So I have experienced many people that have just you know blatantly said I'm a shaman with no shamanic background or you know and, and that is a word that even i i was gifted the munaki rites of the laika from peru from the incas and i feel like this is such a precious sacred gift i uh, rather not take lightly the word shaman shaman right. if you experience it and i can explain to the audience what a shaman is in a minute but i guess my complaint is that when people use that word please don't use it lightly i think i get similar when somebody says i'm a witch because it's such a anything goes kind of energy attached to it. And if you go back and really analyze what the witch actually, the witch word, which in itself means it's healer. It's somebody that's very in, in tune with nature. And I think you feel the same way with the shaman. First, I think you have to take it very serious and be serious about it, what it entitles. Oh yes, sense. there's a lot of discipline with it and people are born into it. You know, I was very fortunate that even in my older years, I was gifted this and I'm very grateful and gracious for that gift. But I will not go out there and flaunt that I'm a shaman. I'm not going to do that because to me, a shaman is someone that possesses, you know, foresight, uh, they are seers. They are seers of the unknown. People that are fearless when they face the unknown. And I know the audience might not know what the unknown is, but the unknown is darkness. It's the shadow side of yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. It's the shadow self of this earth, of this world, you know? And shamanism involves many trajectories, many situations, mm -hmm. levels and dimensions in some way. For instance, you have, you know, if, if you ever go into a, a shaman workshop where someone might be leading like a journey, Mm -hmm. uh, a journey is when you go into like a 10 minute meditation or a trance and you can reach a lower level. The middle world is the one that, you know, a true shaman will not be fearful in going into. I personally am very cautious in going to a middle world journey because that is our world right now, right. here and now. But you're going into the trance and you're not seeing people as they are. You're seeing their shadow Shadows side. side. Yes. And you also see the darkness and the people, you know, like if they are uh, stuck spirits and dark entities, all of that is in the middle world, is not above and or below, no, is here in this yes. world, Absolutely. right here, right now. So I am very cautious with that. 
And of course, like, you know, to conclude, you also have the upper world right. of shamanism. And that is where you meet your deities and, you know, guardians, you know, and they're not just completely exclusively to angels or saints. No, no. There's so many. So much. So much. So many different you know? areas. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you. I think I'm more on the angels and uh, gods and goddesses. That's where I hold myself quite a bit. And I had to remind myself, like, when I started off doing this as a job, spiritual world, the, the world I was hanging out in was always super nice and it was really hard at times to come back to the middle world yeah. and i had to learn to kind of like no there has to be both sides i can't just hang out with fun light things and then <laughs> we all love that uh, oh, i love <laughs> it but it's not reality you still have to have uh, common sense here and you have to pay bills and yeah you have to juggle both worlds and it's it wouldn't be balanced and that would not be a good thing for your custom data and realistically you do have to balance the yin and yang that is the world, you know, yeah, black without white. the darkness, you don't have the light, light. and that's, yes. that's true. But again, going back to shamanism, a, a true shaman in my viewpoint, yes, the shamans, the, the old ones, the elders, they are the ancient shamans. They are these people that are the tribal people, the people that are born into this. They chant to the gods, and we're talking about Mother Earth, the goddess, you know, the sky god or mm -hmm. the sun god, which right. are male entities, right. you know, in, in right. their traditions of the americas because you have different shamans in the americas you also have north god kind of shamans and mm -hmm. celtic shamans that's a whole different subject you know so this is why i mean like when if you're a shaman if you're calling yourself a shaman you're a healer you're a full-blown healer you're a seer you have wisdom and insight then you don't need to flaunt it totally agree it's interesting you say that because i truly i mean i label myself as a medium clairvoyant when I go out into everyday life and somebody asks me what you do, that is never the first thing I go and say yeah. because I want them to know me first before they know my gifts. Exactly. And it's not hiding, it's not because I can't stand behind what I'm doing, it's simply this is not to take lightly. This takes a lot of responsibilities on my part for my customers and it shouldn't be just like it's a fun thing to do. No, whatever I say, whatever word I give them, whatever I express can make or break a person so I have to be very aware of how I deliver everything and so I take my job my gifts extremely serious and it's not a joke and I get sometimes very I feel sometimes a little bit offended if people think it's just kind of a thing oh it's entertainment well no yeah. <laughs> if you want to entertainment go watch somebody on TV because that's entertainment because they need the ratings right. but if you want to have true insights and really get some guidance that's where i come in that's where you come in coming back to shamanism who seeks a shaman what kind of person would go and see you okay can so you go into it or do you feel like i can go into it so i have personally sought out shaman in the past mm -hmm. so if you feel that you have an attachment somebody something attached to you okay. an energy that you don't want you don't know how to remove on your mm -hmm. own if you if people feel that there is an entity in their house they will seek a shaman or a healer a healer can handle it too right but usually people do seek the shaman when they think it's a, a darker situation right a shaman not only they don't only handle the darker shadow side right, of, right, right. of life you know in that aspect they handle so many other things, you know, they heal with herbs and stuff. And I know we're here in the West and they have to have nutritional 
licenses mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff in order for them to have that. But if they were like in the Americas, in other areas in their you know origin where mm-hmm. they were they were raised and born maybe then they wouldn't need a license to have those those practices no. just the simple fact that they are shaman right, right. the authority the authorities yes. and if the audience don't know what a shaman is or like what is it actually translates to is curandera 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 which means healer that's what the that shaman makes is sense. Just yeah. a different word for healer yeah. to be honest and like i think in norse norse gods they they call it a city Sirik, I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, probably. It's S E R I Q, also healer. Anyhow, so what else do they do? So it just, you know, usually people that seek me out are people that feel very fearful and mm-hmm. they need to be sheltered and protected. Yeah. And they look at the shaman. This is why the shaman actually more, even more so, and I dare say more so than the healer. You have to protect this person because Absolutely. they are their sense of being has been battered. In, There's in no fear. trust. Yes, fear, you know, and they're feel feeling fearful of something that that might have traumatized them, you know. I also feel this is a good thing to kind of track back. That would make total sense because I know on an energy level, if you have more fear, so if you are in a house that's haunted, right, and it's a lot of energy and it's very active, the more fear you have, the more active they're gonna get. More powerful they become. Yes, absolutely. So that would make completely sense how it works on an energy level too. And I can see how that's where you specialize in at that point so yeah and I, I don't prefer to go into those right places, but right. i'm not fearful like I yes have, I have you're holding learned, your energy i do hold my energy i have learned and it has been challenging at times to hold my energy and not be fearful of these things and that's why i keep on saying that's a true shaman if right. you can face that darkness and have a backbone then you then, are a shaman or you're not yeah you're not losing your energy at that point Correct. you can holding it would you say because i feel like when i when i think back to my own i mean i'm not a shaman because it's not i'm not initiated yeah, healer i'm a healer and a seer but yeah i feel like when i go back like it brings me back to memories i had with energies and how i struggled to hold my energy and over the years especially i feel like i am holding my energy very well so if i go into a situation house meet with somebody that's having an attachment to energy I'm not struggling. I can hold it. I'm not feeling as much. I can have that backbone and just do what I need to do in order to help my client at that point. So it's interesting that we do similar work, but it's called completely different. But in the end, we all come back to it is energy work and it's maybe in different areas, but it's definitely It is. It's very similar. But, you know, so, so I guess I can go into it from my experience being right. doing both, right? right. Um, as a healer, there's this light energy and it feels yes. fluffy and it yes. feels nice. Yes. But when there's the, sh- like when the uh, shaman, shaman come, comes in and is invoked by a client that comes in with all this fear, the fear does not feel good. It right. feels like um, ants crawling in your skin, for right. instance. Or yes. it feels like really uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yes. And, and sometimes it does feel dark. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, have that too in my mm-hmm. sessions, you like know, bone chilling kind of situation. Right. But, you know, if the shaman's not like going to delve into the fear of it, like the drama that it brings, you know, because there's right, a right, mind, right. there's a mindset with fear. And it's like, uh, there's a dialogue. It's uh, a dialogue is like, oh, hey, you know, ooh. you need to be careful. <laughs> yes. Be careful. This is so creepy. Blah, yes. blah, blah. 
don't get into it. Right. You As know? we call it, I call it the ego, the yeah. narrative that tells you a lie over and over and over. And we all have ego. It's just how much do you want to let it run your life? And when do you want to let that run your life? So it makes completely sense. So this is really interesting for me. I keep to myself, so I don't really go and associate with anyone. I just do my thing. I support others. When you're doing the healing, and let's say you have that dark energy coming mm -hmm. in, right? Like, and I'm not saying the client, the one that has it, the client's fearing it, yes. and you're feeling it. How do you clean it? How do you clear it up? What I do, the first thing I would do is definitely call in my angels and guides, or my customers' angels and guides, and then I say something, I'm gonna banish all negative energy from this person, item, room, whatever it is, and I'm gonna bless it with divine love and light. So it has the perfect energy for whoever needs that energy at that moment. So I would, if it's for a customer, I would include their name because I wanna make sure it's absolutely perfect for them. If it's a room, I would name the room, the kitchen, the bathroom, wherever it is, or the whole house. Um, and I do a lot of visualizations too. So for me, that's huge to, use the golden light. Gold has to do with divine protection, divine guidance, divine purpose. Some people call it the white light. I like gold. I don't know. The white light never really resonated with me, but please do whatever feels right to you. Again, you're all unique and different. But for me, on a personal level, I work with gold on a daily basis. So the way I see it as a healer, uh, mm -hmm. also, the gold light is a huge, you know, it just blasts Brush. things out. It yes. really does. And that's why I asked you the question. As the healer, in comparison to the shaman, the light is gold and yes. or green, like you have very right. light but emerald green that just flows, flows in and yep. just dances the healing. And you know, it's almost like a dance that just moves in, in waves, yes. right? Out all, all that stuff and it moves it yes. right out. And that's the way I perceive it too when I do that kind of work. healing work. Love but, it. But if I'm doing it as a shaman, and, and as a shaman, I won't go into the healing aspect right, right, right. the way I'm mentioning, we're mentioning right now. I would feel the, the darker energy, which you would, you know, constitute it as dark black energy right. or gray energy or even right. brown. Or pain, right? I think I do that sometimes too, because I do pick up on my customers or somebody that has passed on. And if they are in a really uncomfortable place, such as depression or physical pain, I take it on and I have physical pain as my customer, as the person that mm -hmm. has disease. So I do the same thing and it's uncomfortable at that moment. It's super uncomfortable because it's not my energy and I know who I am. I couldn't do my work if I don't know who I am. I think we are on a similar level that we can feel it at that moment. Yes, you do. I wouldn't say I'm a shaman, but yes, I do feel it. And lately I'm a little bit more okay with it. And I think I'm not giving it as much power. I know it's not me. So the best way for me to kind of level that out at that moment is to, as an example, I get up in the morning and it's me and then I can sense when it shifts into something, a different energy. And there's absolutely nothing that should shift in my energy. It's just getting out of bed and that's it. I know at that moment, something I need to feel at this moment that's not quite comfortable is happening. In order for me to not go and overanalyze it too much or get drawn into and giving it too much power at that moment, I go back and ask myself, so if this is really me, show it to me. If it's an outside source, what I need to feel, make them connect with me. Because as soon as they come and connect with me, 
that's when it can go away. I am so happy you said that because I know people in the audience probably love, especially if they're very sensitive, mm -hmm. to hear that. Because how do we check in when we're so sensitive? We right. do. We check in with ourselves every morning. Every day. To. Every day. Because if, if you step out of that bend, um, you're immediately already, you're already in the world, world. feeling every day, everybody, right. and you, every every ounce of everything, like even yes. the dust you feel, like <laughs> and everything, any slight shift in energy, I notice, and sometimes I notice before everybody else notices, and that can be very uncomfortable, especially like if you have a spouse and the energy shifts, and you go, are you okay? And they're like, everything is fine, and you're like. No, it's not, but okay. And I learned to step away because just because I'm ahead and I'm more aware of what's really happening in that person does not mean they're ready to see or feel or are aware of what's going on. But it doesn't matter because it's not your job to fix or make any changes at that point. Your job is to notice, acknowledge and letting it go. Step away. And I think a lot of empaths have problems with that. I see. Yeah, it's true. Because you can feel and sense with people in situations and then something shifts and you're thinking it's your fault that something shifted and you try fixing and making it nicer and they're like, just stop asking, stop doing stuff. Yeah. And you're like, how dare you say that? Or and then, you know? <laughs> some people have said to me, don't mother me. I just need my cousin, for instance, right? Right. Don't mother me. I'm like, I am not mothering you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we can, I think any empath, any highly empathetic person we tend because we are so we can see and again it's not seeing through your two eyes it's seeing you on a whole different level we can see your energy we can see your person your characteristics your values your core being and even if you have a severe issue such as trauma or like any kind of like not being quite balanced in whatever narcissistic whatever as an empath, the first thing you do, you see the good in that person and their potential. And that's yes. where it gets very, very complicated sometimes. Yeah. Because just because we see it does not mean that the person is ready to see it and act up on it. And you have to step back and say, it's not your job to fix and make them, maybe make them aware of it, but then leave it, what they want to do with it. That is point. truly non-judgment. Yes. You know, and, and I agree, you know, and, and I see, like, I see a lot of people and I always look at the good in them. Yes. And then, you know, obviously like in the mundane, they're like, oh, some, some other people might say, hey, no, they're, that person's not that great. But I don't think that. I never. All the time. This is my memo. I look at the person and I'm like, no, I see what I see and I take it. I acknowledge it. But that's not where I focus. I want them to see that they have potential. I might even call them out on certain things, but not in a mean way, just to make sure like they can learn. And I have to sometimes remember, just because I want that and I like to learn about myself, that does not mean they're ready to look at themselves. You need to sit back slowly and stop telling them, give them suggestions at that point. Clearly, I'm not open and shutting you down right then and there. It's time for you to not even go and try, but still hold space for them in wherever place they are at that moment. And you don't have to agree with everything they do or accept it, but you can try respecting it from the viewpoint and energy level where they're at at that moment. Sure. I remember like in relationships, so before I got married, I obviously I had relationships and there was one particular person, he said to me, he was a mess. He was like a complete mess. <laughs> of course, that's what I draw in, you know, because I'm You're a healer, yeah. <laughs> right? And he had problems with the police, the law, um, financial troubles, just like everything was off. 
And when we got together, we only had a relationship for like eight weeks. Apparently, I didn't know. Apparently, when we broke it off, he said to me, you know, through that eight weeks, I didn't spend any money. I didn't have any issues with the law. You made me a better person. Although I didn't do nothing. I was just there and being me. Your energy was protecting him. But I'm also thinking it has to do, I came in and truly just stayed true to myself and not compromising me and making stupid decisions because this guy is in my life now. But also just doing my work, me, and being true to myself at any, any time and being a good example subconsciously. I wasn't like going in like, I want to be your example. But he could see that in the long run. And I had many people tell me that over the years, uh, relationship, girlfriends, um, customers, I feel like being in your energy bettered my life. And I'm like, what? I'm not doing anything. And I'm not even realizing even how I show up sometimes. I just, this is just who I am. And I'm just doing my thing. And sometimes we don't even need to figure it out. Prana, the energy in itself takes care of it. You know, and I've noticed too in, with partners, it, it's like my energy might might create like a, a hub, like a protective right. kind of, yes. uh, cocoon of right. light around them. I don't see, I actually don't see it. When right. you're in the forest, you don't see the trees? No. It's no. the same. Same. <laughs> but my point was, so I think sometimes us healers, we don't even know what we are doing actually. We just go follow what we need to do because we're so true to ourselves and don't realize what we transform in other people at that moment, but it's fine. But just being you and being true to yourself, you could actually shift other energies at that moment too. It's kind of awesome, kind of very powerful to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm thinking if we can, as a collective, be more aware of ourselves, right? And be honest with ourselves, we could shift as a collective quite a bit in this world. So we are not going to be in the middle world and start going into lighter energy. That's why a lot of living yoga masters, traditional yoga masters advise that if you teach your child at the age of seven to meditate, the world would be a, a way, peaceful place, way, right? Yes. And the reason behind that is because when you're teaching meditation or you're guiding it, you're learning to look within yourself right. and not externally from yourself because externally you hear a lot of blame game and com competition and rivalries and, yeah. and negative emotions no? yes. that are emphasized and expanded. This world does not need more of that. No, we need, you know, We need to go back to our roots, go back down into who we are initially, which is yes. we're spirit, spirit in a human body. It's interesting you say that about the blaming and I always say to, I have friends and we chat about this and I always say the first thing that I have a really, not a hard time, but I feel like I need to just kind of leave them at that moment where they're at is if a person comes in my space and all they do is blame and don't want to take responsibilities over their action and every, it's everybody else's fault. It's like within me, everything goes numb. And it's not a judgment, it's more like, um, I don't want to participate in that energy at all. And I'm not giving it more power by responding back. I'm just kind of, no thanks. I realize, and I'm sure that's guided, that's not necessarily- Do they come me. to you as friends or as yes, friends, friends, clients, either one. With the client, I think I'm not taking it as close because it's kind of like, it's my job to do what I need to do and then let's go and do your thing and we don't need to be on that next level, right? for most clients, 
and then there's exceptions like you and you know um a few other ones i feel like on a friendship level i value myself so much i have a really hard time being surrounded with people that don't do their self-work and again it sounds like judgment but it's not it's simply i want to be surrounded with energy that's similar or higher in energy because that's going to help me to grow and expand too. I'm not saying you have to be absolutely perfect. We all have days where we're going to go into that flaming game of feeling like, you know, not quite balanced. We all do it. But if this is your narrative nonstop, that there's always poor me. That's who they are. That's who they are. And that's like their, their, what they concentrate on. I get shut down. It's like I can't even interact at that point. And it's simply like I feel like honestly it's spirit that shuts me down. Yeah, you're getting drained of energy. And uh, and as a healer, you know, these people seek you out because you're a healer. Absolutely. But they do not want to do their work. No. You know, I, no. I can experience that and I will say this, even with my some family members. They they're like, Okay, you're having a yoga fest or, you know, a wellness fair, let's go. I want to get uh, energy work with all your, you know, best most profound healers I'll bring the family member over there I think you and I have discussed this before and the and you know she would be you know this my mom it's my mom mom. (laughs) she would go in she would go in and she get healing from all all my friends and these people are amazing right Mm -hmm. and um and they're like okay your mom has not done the work that we advise her to do (laughs) so she still has the same problem yes right yes so it's as as funny as that but it isn't so now and, and as a healer, you got to sometimes have your own boundaries. My mother's like, oh, it aches here. So if I can solve the ache, yes. But if she's doing something, like she doesn't want to go for a walk or take care of her body, then, then I'm sorry, mom, this is not an energetic situation. This is your being That's not. your body telling you, go, right. go for a walk. Right. You know? Right. I totally agree with you. I think I'm pretty good with that, too. Like, I have customers. And I do that. I do have them. They come in, and it's the same thing over. The same issue over and you know if you're like three years with me and you come in every time and i already gave you tools ideas and make it very aware where it stems from and you're still doing that then i have to say it might be best not to continue this work because i'm getting frustrated with seeing that you're not making progress and you're wasting your money and it's a lot of money to come see me so i feel like do your work i i think also a lot of people when they think it's a healer or a doctor they go solve it for them yeah you go to the doctors because you're a doctor you should know and you should fix it for me well no the doctor is just there to diagnose and then it's your job to make sure you think for yourself and what can i do and take responsibilities over your own energy what can i do to to enhance that once you have the diagnosis you can work with it and you might add another doctor into it you might add different treatments but that's the only thing why a doctor comes in, same here. Just because I can read people and you can do healing work does not mean we can fix everything for you. You right. have to be willing to be fixed too. They, they have to take responsibility for their body. Right. You know, and for instance, I, I won't keep them in the dark. No. I will definitely do an assessment if they're doing Thai body work. And I will always give them feedback of what right. I notice. I will never leave them in the dark. Um, whether it's energy work or Thai body work. So if it's energy work, this is what I do. At the beginning of a session, why are you here? What is it that you would like me to work on? If other things, which always, other things do come up (laughs) during the healing, I'll I'll mention after the healing and I I would say, you know, this energy already cleared. 
but let's say there's tightness in your throat right. or in your stomach maybe your power center has been weakened have you argued with somebody or do you have someone that you have conflict with on a frequent basis maybe you can change your dialogue with the person mm -hmm. or your you know let's say not not necessarily they have to change but they they can maybe uh, perceive the circumstance a little bit different or take a different approach and i think it, if it comes from an outside source and not necessarily from somebody close such as a husband a love spouse or like a best friend or a family member i think sometimes it's easy to hear it from someone that's that doesn't really know you from an outside source versus somebody that's close though that's why I, I i already put the boundary not to do energy work on my mom yes yes i yeah. totally agree with you sometimes family members i think most of the time family members comes to family members and working on an energy level it's impossible <laughs> you're too close there's too much other things attached to it it's easy to just send them off and trust somebody to do the work for them you know um i'm going to go into that for a minute my mom she's cleared her energy is clear like it is i can sense her and, you know a lot of things are clear but then she you know but it's more on a physical thing yeah. and she just gets kind of stuck on it like yeah yeah i think also some people and i'm not saying your mom i don't know your mom they thrive on body pains mm -hmm. that's where they can find comfort comfort but also compared like they feel like they feel important at that moment. People, and this is how amazing Sylvia is. She is talking about my mom, but she has never met my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But it's true. I think people that have a lot of issues on a physical level, such as pains and aches and whatever, when I look at the narratives, it's almost kind of like that's their safety at that moment. Sometimes call it out, like, all right, this is your safety net. Like, you're way bigger than that. But why? Why are you letting that? Be your main focus like yes acknowledge it there's something going on with your body but don't completely focus in that and let everything else go away let me ask you something I'm changing subjects going mm -hmm. back to your friends yeah do you feel bad when you have to let go of a friendship because no. the person next to you that friend of yours is not honoring themselves honestly I'm the queen of letting people go <laughs> <laughs> I got people that told me you're totally cold and I'm not cold. <laughs> I just know when it's time to not entertain anything that's not in your frequency. In my frequency. And that does not mean they're bad people. It simply means they have nothing to offer and I have nothing to offer them at that point. That does not mean it's going to stay there forever, but at that moment, it's not a healthy relationship. Energy changes and molds. Absolutely. So, like, even when um, we are not forcefully removing people from our lives yeah happens to me i don't feel bad at all i know when it's observed and again people told me over and over like you're cold and i'm like no i'm not i just if it's observed it's observed and i do it on purpose too like i do call in my angels and guides and ask them to bring me the people that are in my highest good and in theirs and remove the ones that no longer serve me once you and already acknowledge that those people are no longer in your frequency and right. you're calling your guides to remove them is because you already know that they're not meant to be there there's right. not a mistake in, in anything in this world no you're no. not constantly saying there's mistakes no you don't make a mistake the energy doesn't make a mistake no um, there's when, no coincidences either everything mm -hmm. is already actually lined up for you yeah, absolutely i think for me because i'm again i'm a huge empath and i don't like confrontation so it's easy for me to have my guides and angels to help me with this and do it in a softer way so i don't have to verbally 
say we are out like there's no more friendship <laughs> the way Versus... it happens for me too it's it falls away right. naturally right. it's just kind of like okay people are um like they walk away i walk away we get busy like it's very strange how absolutely and there's me. no hard feelings but mm -hmm. beautiful because at, if at any point this person or energy needs to come back in it can come in and there's no hard feelings in that on that yes. level so i love when i have customers who like I'm 12 plus years in business so if I started off with them and the last six years I didn't see them and then all of a sudden they show up again well that's how it's supposed to be I'm not going to question why they all of a sudden want to be back what's their motive I'm looking at it at, well then that's where we need to be again and I know how energy can shift and change and as we grow our surroundings need to grow holding on to a childhood friend because it had some awesome memories, but it doesn't do anything for the present moment. That's absolutely on an energetic level, the worst you can do for yourself because you're not growing. You're kind of like holding your back from being truly on your path of getting to that next level, whatever that next level might be. So I know like as an example, my sister, she always had friends and she always had friends, lots of them. And she is still friends with people from kindergarten. The other day we had a discussion and I'm like, I don't know, I have nobody from kindergarten or first grade or from like 10 years ago in my space. She's already. afraid of letting go. Yes. That's, that's yes, a fear. Yes. That's a fear. Absolutely. And I'm thinking for myself, am I wrong here? Because I think that's the norm. People who have long relationship, who nourish them, that's what is actually really, really a healthy um, perceived as a healthy situation, but I feel it's just the opposite. I'm not going to go and nourish something that's enforce something that's completely outsourced at that moment. And I just posted this on Facebook on a, my personal page about finding your tribe as a, as a woman, right? Everybody finds their tribe. Sylvia never found her tribe. I'm like, I'm just like, no, no, here and there doing my thing. I love the people that are in my life at that moment. But I do not go and jeopardize me to keep my tribe. Does not work. I'm mm -hmm. a very independent, very today it works, tomorrow it doesn't work, and it just has to go that way. Um, maybe not flexible in certain areas. I don't know. For a long time, I was like, I saw all this post about girlfriends going on vacations. I'm like, uh, first of all, I have to have a girlfriend, and second, they're not gonna go on vacation with me. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? And I'm like, there's nothing wrong. It's simply who I am and how I function. And there's nothing wrong with people who do that too. It's simply you different. You are similar, yes. very similar in this. I, um, I, I do feel bad. I don't envy and have these negative emotions in that way, but I do kind of envy like these people. They have these groups, you yes. know, and they have fun and they have all these pictures of these yes. Hawaiian <laughs> Yes, and I'm thinking for myself, <clears throat> yeah, well, I would love to do that but it's just not happening for whatever reason. <laughs> and I started to kind of own it more versus yeah. looking at it as maybe I'm the odd one out. No, no. I'm very strong, independent. I'm not going to jeopardize me. I'm not going to just go and do something. And I don't like drama. I don't. Maybe that's not what we're here for. Though, right. Right. So it's like the same thing has happened to me. Right. And, and it's like, um, there is drama when you do travel with a group of people. I think it's drama. It's, uh, as soon so as you have more than two people, yeah. especially females, it is trauma. It's yeah. gossip and trauma. And I think that's not necessarily my... We don't fit that category. I, I don't feel like that's my vibe. Um, 
you know, I mean, we all have it once in a while, but I don't feel like I want to stay in that for a weekend. That would Talking not be... about fight or flight, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I am forced to, to face situations and I force myself to face them if I'm uncomfortable. Yes. But I don't seek it out. So I, I yes. have traveled with friends before and it's like um, where I completely lose my, my sense of peacefulness. They become fearful themselves. And I'm using a lot of this word today. I'm not sure yeah. why. But um, they, you know, they, they have the sense of control, but they become fearful. And mm -hmm. I'm very free. Like, I'm not. Yeah, like, don't I'm, put me in that box. <laughs> I'm a very freedom-oriented kind of individual. I, I do my own thing, right? Um, Same if I here. want to go running at the Coliseum, let me go for my run at the Coliseum. Nothing's going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. Trust me, nothing's going to happen to me. You're just like you me. I, I do a lot long-distance running, right? And I do it like at 3 a.m. in the morning because sometimes I have to get up early so I can start my day on time because it's 20 mile run or whatever. And people go like, aren't you afraid to run in the dark? I'm like, I'm not even thinking that far. No. <laughs> like, it's not me. I'm not going to get up and think, oh, today I'm going to get mugged because I'm going to go at 3 a.m. doesn't matter if it's light or dark. It doesn't matter. I'm doing my thing and I'm completely, absolutely owning my energy at that mm -hmm. point. There's no fear attached at any I feel, I feel that there's safety when you're following your own insight right. and your own intuition. Absolutely. And again, if you have fear, you will attract that outcome. Yes. Right? So why would I go and actually think about fear-based thinking about what I'm doing right now? Because the chances I'm going to run into something that's uncomfortable will be way higher than if I just go and truly trust in what I'm getting right now. And I do like intuitive running. So I realized like, so I have something in mind. I go by it and then all of a sudden I have to go a right versus a left and I'm thinking why and then I'm like no I'm not thinking why because yeah. that's probably saving my life right now I'm just gonna go and do what I have to just do go with it. right and it has to do with trust and <laughs> stepping into that fate and I do it all by myself I there's nobody with me when I run at 3 a.m. in the morning and they're like you should bring your dog I'm like yeah my dog is like the biggest baby he would like oh a stranger let's play with him so it wouldn't help me uh, why taking him on something that's not necessarily uh, agreeing with me anyways? I don't feel I have to be afraid. You know, right before the pandemic, I wanted to open a woman's circle. Yes. But I, I was still like, you know, it was a calling, almost like you have to gather up in a woman's circle. And for a couple of years, I've been having that like impulse to do that. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, I, I don't know when or where it would happen and who would be the group like it would be women only mm -hmm. allowed in the, in the group because i feel like women have um, we need to support one another more right um and you know and maybe empower each other more right instead of that in removing so my group like this is why i haven't done it because in my group that cattiness and gossip <laughs> will not be allowed right so then i didn't want to make the group full of rules and regulations because that's <laughs> out, stepping outside of, of what i want to do right, right? also so then a friend of mine calls me and she's like, hey, you know, I was thinking that um, we should gather up a, a, a bunch of women. So she reminded me of the women's group thing that I wanted to do. But then she started gossiping that, no, this no, is not, not happening, happening because I want my women's group to be to clean, be clear in the energy. And, you know, I don't know. Uplifting. How, right. Like Supportive. It, to, it is, you know, because sometimes as women. You know, we, we would like to talk about things and I know this is step, stepping outside of our entire discussion right now, but 
sometimes we we fear speaking about sexuality absolutely we fear speaking about whether we like a man or not or right. even if we're partnered and we like somebody absolutely there's so many fears women have because we have been the the race the the group that has been subjected and destroyed for all of humanity we right. have we have been stepped on and i i don't i don't feel like um that's fair to us right. i feel like uh, there there are women that have a lot of brokenness inside that yes. they should definitely feel safe in discussing with other women and instead of being you know feeling unsupported we need to be empowered i totally you know? agree with you yes there you know so so i i, I do still have that intention do it but I, I feel like um it needs to start off with like powerful women women that know their power that won't you know sh like bring another woman down it starts off with that and then we can expand the group that's how i want to start this group i think that would be that would be an amazing project to be honest with you do it maybe even online yeah at this point before we go because there's so much information and this podcast is going to be like forever long first of all i always love how spirit just takes over in our discussion interviews it's funny how i approach my people i like to have on my podcast i i get up in the morning i get their name i'm like okay i'm gonna reach out and see what happens if they're open to it and then i feel like i need to have certain ways of how i go about what I want for my podcast so it's not all over the place and I send it out what I need from them but when we go into the podcast spirit just leads and it's just whatever comes comes and I have I, I love this it's so authentic and original and deep and not we have a voice we have a voice yes and we have it's authentic it's not rehearse yeah. it's not something that you read uh, from a paper it's truly what needs to be said at that moment so when you said like this is completely outside of this podcast about female and sexuality no it's not because that's what we need to touch base on so somebody else can give me feedback and say bring somebody on that actually has that um a woman's group <laughs> a woman's group or you know concentrates in that topic and i think it's very important to to just let it letting it flow and not trying to rehearse and have a certain idea how a nice conversation between uh, two people honest sincere authentic and i think that's definitely what we did today i am so, so grateful for you and for being in my life not just as a customer but also as a friend if people want to connect with you, is there any way for body work, for the Reiki? I do have an email website. It's healing at gmail.com. Awesome. So angels with an S at the end, touch to healing at gmail.com. And your name again, just to make My sure. My name is Catherine Barilla. Yeah, thank you all so much and i'm also very grateful for your invitation sylvia thank you so much I for being here overjoyed with this Thanks. this is such a beautiful i feel like it just it's a really awesome energy and i hope you will be back thank you yeah we, we can chat more more, well, more, yeah. more. <laughs> thank you so yes if you have questions any suggestions for today's episode you can contact at sylviasisson.com www.sylviasisson.com or uh, via email sylvia at sylviasisson.com if you want to follow me on instagram it's at sylviasissonmedium and yes i'm always open if you want to be a guest speaker if you have any topics you would like us to 
talk about, please connect. Let us know. I would love, love, love to share it.